Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the front office news. I'm JT Smith for the front office news. All right, fellas. Happy holidays, everyone. It seems like forever since we had our last podcast. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic Christmas. Uh, anyone get any great gifts, JT? Yeah, had an Apple Watch. My bad. Uh, yeah, it's pretty dope, man. I, I needed that, so. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you were uh, muted. You, you got an Apple Watch? Yep, yep. Nice. Hey, big yes. time now. I know yeah, I, I got, a, got a nice little camera I've been playing around with. Nice. Well, I got some nice gifts. Okay. Um, one of the nice gifts that I received is uh, I've got more uh, piano lessons. I'm taking piano. Right now, I've been taking it about a year, and my goal is to uh, be able to play uh, my favorite album of all time, that's Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, Neil, have you ever heard that album before? I have not. Okay, that's your new uh, that's your new uh, job for the week. I want you to listen to that album. It's one of the greatest albums of all time, one of the best crafted albums from beginning to end. And fun fact, on one of my other podcasts, I talked about my love for that album and, and Stevie Wonder's music. And I got a phone call from Dan Horde. Dan Horde called me and he said, I'm listening to your podcast. And he says, you're talking about Stevie Wonder. He was like, I'm the biggest Stevie Wonder fan there is. And I'm like, no way, I am. So Dan and I kind of go back and forth on the phone about who's a bigger uh, Stevie Wonder fan, which Dan is definitely a huge Stevie. He's been to way more Stevie Wonder concerts than I have. So yeah, yeah it was kind of funny. So working on my uh, piano lessons. Uh, do you play any instruments, JT? Nope. Nope. Neil? I used to play the violin back in high school. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you what, uh, um, you know, playing basketball for Bob Huggins was definitely tough. Um, learning, uh, an instrument, learning music um, as an adult, not having any musical background is one of the toughest things I've ever done, man. It really challenges another side of your brain. It, it is it is so tough, man, just learning it from scratch. So, JT, get your kids in the music early. Just have them play some sort of instrument early. It works another side of their brain. Indeed. All right, so let's jump into it. Let's recap the Detroit Mercy game. The Bearcats beat Detroit Mercy 72-54. to JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Solid. Um, it's how, like, David DeJulius really took a, like took it upon himself to limit uh, Davis. Um, you know, even though I think he ended up with 17, maybe 19, it was a real ugly 17, 19 points, and I feel like Juice took it upon himself really – sacrificing his offensive game a little bit um, to really clamp him up and just have a complete game. Like, he made that kid work for everything, talking to him. I thought he kind of led the way, even though he might not have had his biggest scoring night, um, just taking that that uh, that uh, task, man, and um, did a hell of a job. And I feel like everybody else kind of just followed the lead, and that's what made the Bearcats get that double-digit win. 
You know what? The funny thing is we talked about this on the last podcast that uh, Coach Mike Davis for uh, Detroit Mercy. I, we didn't even mention that that was his son. I didn't realize I, it until legitimately, legitimately at the game. I was like, oh, that is his son. <laughs> it's crazy. I, yeah, that is crazy. I, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. So, Neil, Neil, what stuck out to you this game? I think what stood out to me was obviously the performance of David DeJulius on Antoine Davis. I mean, obviously we saw it defensively. I mean, he held Davis to 6 of 20 from the field. And obviously to hold a guy of like Davis's caliber to 6 of 20 from the field is incredible. I mean, he was one of the nation's top leading scorers coming into this one. So I think that's really what stood out to me. I think you look back, I think it all started with the play of David DeJulius. I mean, it was a close game heading into the halftime before the final, like, four-minute stretch. And then mm -hmm. DeJulius took over there, and I think you saw the energy get a little high, and I think that's kind of what propelled them there. But I was also very impressed with the performance from Victor Lockin. I mean, he went 8 of 10 from the field with 18 points and 15 rebounds. That was something we emphasized on was Vic had to have a big day need to crash the board to get that big double double and I think uh I think the sky's the limit for Vic I don't think we've seen him hit that full potential yet and that's something coach West and the staff have been hitting on like Vic is capable of putting up absurd numbers and I think we're going to start seeing it here soon I totally agree the sky's the limit for Vic and we talked about this in the last podcast I personally felt that juice was really going to take off this game because you know these guys are from Detroit He's from Detroit. He knows a lot of guys, so there's a little extra incentive there. What I really liked in this game was we only had four turnovers. We valued the basketball. And anytime you know, as a basketball team, you have five or under turnovers, you're going to win a lot of basketball games. You're going to get extra possessions. So I really love the, the value of the basketball. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, tonight's Bearcat game, is versus Tulane at 9 p.m. late night game at Fifth Third Arena. And it's the first conference game of the season. And we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Mio's Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Mio's for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Now in this segment, we cover players to watch, in key matchups. JT, who for the Bearcats do we need to play well and why? I'm going to go Juice, go David Julius. I feel like he played well um, the the last non-conference game, but he didn't have, like, big numbers. I think today, tonight, he'll have one of those 18 to 22 type games, and then he'll I think he'll lead that way. I think he chose defense. I mean, he'll, he'll play good defense, of course, but I feel like he wanted to – do good on Davis and he did that um and it was like pretty impressive honestly but so I think tonight he'll he'll get back to his like pure offensive game I think more so than did not um get that AAC uh slate going right against a tough Tulane team now Neil Tulane is seven and four right now what do we need to watch from Tulane the green wave player wise who do we need to watch out for I think it all starts for Tulane with their guard play I mean I saw them a couple times down in Dallas in March in the AAC tournament, and we saw them through the season last year. They're a very young team, but they are very guard-heavy. And it starts with sophomore guard Sion James, and then you also have uh, 
Jalen Cook, who's averaging 20.2 points a game, and but he's only played in the six games of the season. But then you also have Jalen Forbes, who is averaging 16.8 points per game, which is fifth in the AAC. Uh, he leads the conference, shooting 94% from the free throw line. So he's a guy that likes to get to the basket, get to the line. But what stands out to me the most is they're a bigger, a little bigger guard team. I mean, all their guards are 6'5", 6'6". So hmm. kind of got the size advantage on UC. Obviously, DeJulius is only six foot one. I mean, this is where their length is going to be tested. Tulane came into the season ranked fourth in the preseason poll. So, and they're an underdog. I mean, Ron Hunter is a very good coach, and he's turned that program around in a short time there. So, I think I think they're going to be a test tonight. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So, Neil, back to you again. Um, so, you talked about their bigger guards. What are we going to see defensively from Tulane? They love to get in your face and play man to man. That's what they did last year. They love to get in their face. I mean, I would not be surprised if Ron Hunter throws a zone out there or whatnot. We know the coaching guru, uh, guru he is. We know how crazy of a coach he can be. He's a very good coach, so he knows what he can do defensively. We saw him make the run in the AAC tournament, and it was all about making those adjustments last year. I thought they played very well in the semifinals when they lost to SMU. Uh, but overall, I think they're going to come out man-to-man, -man, but I would not be surprised if they throw a 2-3 zone or one of those fancy zone looks at them. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services for friendly expert tax advice whenever you need to come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Now, this is the Kenyon segment that's sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? They got to protect the ball. Sounds cliche, but uh, I feel like against Detroit Mercy, they had like four turnovers, um, which was huge. They didn't get to the line much on uh, you know, their last game, so... I feel like if they protect the ball, I don't expect against a team like Tulane, they only have four turnovers. But if they can stay in the low teens, um, 10 or under, then they're, they're playing with house money. But I'll say low teens for sure. And then just uh, shoot good shots. I feel like even um, against Detroit Mercy, I feel like they shot the ball very well. I don't know if their percentages were super high, but they didn't shoot many bad shots. And that's half the battle. So I think they have to do that and then keep the rebounding battle as close as possible because they won the rebounding battle against Detroit Mercy as well. That's the first time in the last three games. So they need to stay close, hopefully win the rebound battle, but they, they can't have a big gap. And then, and then, of course, don't allow that many offensive rebounds, of course, as well. So fingers crossed they can keep it pretty even or even win that rebound battle, protect the ball, and shoot good shots. Now, Neil, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big you know we've got a lot of momentum going on right now with this Bearcat team what do we need to do to win big I think in order for them to win big it's got to come down to containing Tulane's guards I mean Sion James is a sophomore he really skyrocketed uh, towards the end of last season he's only going to get better but I think you got to hone in on your defense you got to be able to create make it tough for guys like Jalen Cook Jalen Forbes but Sion James can take over. He could be that guy who could really flip a switch when you need it. 
But I think in order to win big, I think we got to see another great defensive performance from a guy like David DeJulius. And I think you have to win the battle on the glass. I mean, another big night from Vic is expected. I mean, Vic has the size advantage uh, as Tulane's very guard heavy. Um, but, yeah, the size advantage is what's going to play a key inside, whether it's guys like Vic, Kalu. Um, but inside, you just got to win the battle on the glass and hone in on your defense. This is a David the Julius heavy podcast today. We're talking a lot about juice, and I think it's almost time that we get juice on the podcast here pretty soon. What do you think, fellas? I agree. Sure, for sure. All right, we're, we're going we're gonna to work on that. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Uh, a couple quick little side notes, fellas. Uh, you guys probably know this, but for the Bearcat fans that don't, Ron Hunter is originally from Dayton, Ohio. Yes, sir. He went to – can you guys tell me what high school he went to? I don't know the high school. I don't know. Yeah. But I know. didn't he go to Miami of Ohio or something like that? He did. He played at Miami of Ohio. Yeah. Yes. I can't remember the high school. I know he's from Dayton just because the roots, but uh can't remember the high school. Chaminade. Okay. Chaminade. CJ, dude. Okay. Yep. He went to CJ. So um, I actually met Ron Hunter at the Final Four one year. Remember the year he had the scooter? Yeah. When he yeah. Remember that? Southern? Yeah. 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 Yep, he was at the final four. I actually have a funny story behind that, but I'll I'll, I'll save that. Um, also, uh, a guy on the staff, Sean Mock, he's an assistant coach for Tulane. Um, he played at Talawanda High School, and he went to Ohio as well. Um, I've known Sean for a long time. He's uh, been in the coaching world, I think, since he got out of college, and he's uh, recruited some players in our area in the past. So I know Sean, really, really good dude. So really, really good staff. Um, Hey, real quick. So JT, do you know who worldwide West is? Yeah. 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 You know, who? uh, Neil, are you familiar with worldwide West? I am not, unfortunately. So I, I, I got to tell the story real quick and it ties into to Ron Hunter. So worldwide West is, um, and you might have to help me out with this JT, but he's yeah. almost this like mythological figure in like sports and entertainment. <clears throat> Jay Z has rapped about him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, LeBron has shouted him out. <clears throat> A lot of people talk about him. He's kind of an underground guy that you don't see his face or hear him speak much, but he's always somehow lingering around sports. And there was a time where he was really big with UK basketball. I don't know if he still is, but during that time with uh, Book with Booker and John yeah. Wall, guys, he's around quite a bit. Did I did I kind of sum it up well, JT? Yeah, pretty much. So, um, quick quick story. I try to try to keep this short. So, I've always heard about World Wide West. Jay Z's my favorite rapper. He mentions him in a song. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. You know, worldwide. Yeah. He rapped about him, and I'm like, I gotta meet this World Wide West guy. So I'm on the phone uh, with my friend Jamal Lucas, who played for the Bearcats, who works for Michael Jordan. And there was a Michael Jordan event one day, and apparently Worldwide West was at the event. And Jamal and I were talking about Worldwide West. And I'm like, man, I got to meet this guy. And Jamal's like, yeah, I don't know if you ever meet him. He's kind of, you know, he kind of moves in and out. It's, you know, it's hard to get to him. So I was like, yeah, that would be that'd be fun. So I spoke to that was on like a Wednesday. So I go to the final four with a friend of mine. And I go down to meet my buddy, um, 
<clears throat> his name is Stephen McFarland, who went to Boone County High School. He was actually a manager for UK's basketball team. And UK was in the Final Four. This was the year it was in Indianapolis when UK played, uh, I think, UK, Michigan State, Wisconsin. We're all in it. And so I run into Ron Hunter, and he's going into, like, this little private area. So I run into Ron Hunter randomly. And I was like, hey, I'm from Cincinnati, and he's from Dayton, blah, blah, blah. We started talking. Really, really cool guy. And so there was this area that Ron went into that was a private area that led down the courtside. And my friend, Stephen McFarland, who works for UK, he was down on the floor level, and he texted me and said, hey, come down and see me. But you had to have, like, security clearance to get down there. So there's this, there's this like, security guard. So I say to the security guard, hey, can I go down? I just want to see my buddy real quick. Here's my license. You could hold it. The guy was like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, come on, man. I was like, look, I was like, I don't know how much you get paid to work here. I was like, but is it really worth it just to like keep somebody just going down for a few minutes? He was like, man, you're right. He was like, go ahead. And he was like, just make sure you come back. I was like, cool. Thank you. And I was just trying to be real cool. With him. So we walked down and <clears throat> we're walking down. I go down and I see my buddy, Steven. I'm talking to him for a minute. And then all of a sudden, I look courtside and I say to Steve and I'm like, is that World Wide West? I was like, I've never seen him before, but he looks like the guy. And Steve's like, yeah, that's West. He's like, he's always at UK's practices. He's like, you should go over there and say hi to him. Man, do you know there was one seat open courtside next to him? I walk down and I'm like, hey, West, my name is Alex Meacham. And I put my hand out and he looked at my hand. JT, he didn't even shake my hand. He just kind of looked at me. He was like, who are you? And I was like, well, I'm friends with, and I named like two or three people that he would know. And I had my phone out and I showed him that I had their number. And he was like, oh, you know them? He's like, have a seat. So I'm courtside at the final four sitting with World Wide West. We take a picture together and I sent it to Jamal that, that works for Jordan. He said, I'll probably never meet him. And Jamal's like, what in the world? He's like, oh, in the and I was like, man, well, let me tell you the last part of the story and we'll and we'll move on. Last part, the, the guy that I came to the final four with, he we were sitting way at the top, way at the top of the final four. And I went all the way down and I was courtside watching the game with Worldwide West. So West was like, this seat's open. You can stay here the whole time. And I'm like, no, nah, I gotta go back to see my buddy. I came with him. He was like, okay, man, all good, man. He was like, hey, it's a pleasure meeting you, man. Great to talk to you. He was really nice. So I go back up to my seats, and I tell my buddy, I said, hey, man, I got all the way down the court side, man, and it was there. He goes, why are you back up here? He's like, you should stay down here. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, man. But that's my world. So, Neil, you have to look at World Wide West. That's what's up. I will have to. I will have to. I'll send you guys the picture of uh, Wes and I courtside. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's my worldwide West story. So um, let, let me say this real quick. Um, what I would like to see from the Bearcats this game is I think now that we're in conference play, you guys tell me if you agree with this, but I know we've talked about juice a lot, but the best players have to now step up and play at the highest level. You're starting conference play. And, and Huggins was big on this, that early in the you know season, you know, you're getting all your other guys in. But when conference time starts, Steve Logan, Mel Levitt, Ken Martin, Ruben Patterson, you guys have to take your game to the next level. So Landry, 
Masters, Juice, Vic, those guys, they have to step their game up. The cream rises now. And I think we have a good chance of being at the top of this conference, but our three best have to play at their highest level. The Kenyon <clears throat> segment keys to the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, this is a Twyman segment sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. This is where we cover hot topics. Now, we're getting ready for January 1st, the New Year's. I'm sure you guys have a lot of resolutions going on. But what I'd like to do for this particular segment is talk about the 2023-2024 Bearcat basketball roster. Now, I've run into quite a few Bearcat fans that were asking me, hey, <clears throat> what do you think about the recruits? Who's coming back? What are we looking like? So I think we need to take a little bit of a deep dive into this. So, JT, we'll start with you. Looking at the roster, um, who's coming back next year and what are you looking for from those guys? Okay, so it's kind of a loaded – not a loaded question right now, um, but it's not set in stone because you have – let's see. You have Micah Adams-Woods, um, Jeremiah Davenport. Let me see who else. They both have that uh, – Let's see, Odio Guama. They all Mike have Adam, Mike yeah. Adams Woods is in that category yeah. too. Yep, Mike Adams Woods, uh, Davenport, and Odio Guama. They all have the capability to do the extra year. Um, so it just depends on what happens with that. Um, John Newman, I know he he's this is his extra, this is his COVID year per se, but who knows, you know, if it's some kind of medical thing um that can be where he gets an extra year next year who knows I'm, I'm not i'm just speaking that out i'm not a, not 100 sure if that's even going to be exercised um so technically you have rob Finnessy, um kalu um and who else kalu i would the say julius. yeah the julius those three are for sure going to be gone next year and i would say it's probably a high possibility that newman is so you got four slots it could possibly be what seven, right, or six, um, depending on, uh, no, seven actually, um, depending on what happens with the other guys that could take advantage of the extra year. So you could uh, honestly see a big makeover, or it could be a smaller makeover. You got you know Jizzle and Jizzle and what's my guy's name, Rayvon, Rayvon. coming in coming in next year that are locked in. And then I know they're, you know, trying to get some more kids on uh on campus for sure. But um you you have you have a few that you know are coming back and you have people that are kind of on the probably on the fence. And then you have people you know that are going to be gone. So with the COVID year it makes it a little bit tricky. Like in years past, you knew that something happened super early in the season. If somebody got injured, maybe they can get a medical red shirt. But you um this year, you kind of don't know because you have three that could possibly take advantage of the extra year. And I'm, I'm guessing they will, but I mean, who knows? You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see. So um, you have the, st the stable the stability of having a Josh Reed, you know, Sage Torrentino, uh, Dan Skillings, and then the other two freshmen. Plus, you'll have Big Vic back. So you got that core that should be back for sure. And you have some people that you don't that, that could possibly come back like Mike Adams Woods, uh, Davenport and Odie. So I'm, I would guess Odie would be back 
But um, the other two, I, you know, it's probably a coin flip. I'm not 100%, but I, I would think those would be, I mean, that's what, seven, seven, eight. And then you got to just get the new people in on board. So, so JT, let me touch upon a couple things you said. <clears throat> One, you said we could see a slight or we could see a big change in the roster. Yeah. What would you prefer, and you don't have to make any player's name, but what would you prefer going into the Big 12 next year? Probably, honestly, like a half. Like, half. like I wouldn't want it to be a big change because the Big 12 getting new people in and getting them into the system is probably tougher than people that, that understand. So you already have a couple freshmen that are going to be a part of it as well already, no matter what. You may have more. I'm guessing it could be, you know, it's probably a Juco guy or a Juco guy or two. They might be looking at it. Maybe another freshman, you know, pure freshman they're looking at too. So you got to integrate them plus the other two that are already on board. I probably would rather see less. It just depends on who wants to come and if it makes sense too. So it's kind of like you can upgrade going into the Big 12. You should. But it's not – I'd rather see less turnover than more going into the Big 12. Now, don't mention any names, but with this current roster, do you see any of these players that have eligibility for next year jumping into the transfer portal? Uh, I don't – I don't – as of right now, like nothing tells me now that you, that you will see it. But, you know, who knows by the end of the season how people feel. But I, I don't think so. I think people will probably try to, if, you know, if it's available to them to be able to take advantage of the next, the next year here, I think they will. Um, but as of now, I don't hear any, I don't hear any, know, any, know anything or hear any rumblings that like people are getting, you know, um, don't want to come back per se, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, Neil, let's jump to you. And, and <clears throat> JT mentioned this before, and that's Roots coming in with Gizzle and Rayvon. In your opinion, Neil, and, and Rayvon made a move that I thought was the right move. I mean, no offense to Taft High School, which uh, they do it. You know, DeMarco Bradley does an amazing job there and there's great basketball in our city. But Rayvon made a move to go to Arizona and play basketball there to get better competition, to get him prepared to start and play right away for the Bearcats. Jizzle James, obviously is highly capable. Do you see Rayvon and Jizzle coming in right away next year and either starting or playing big minutes? Yeah, I do see them coming in. I think they'll play big minutes. I mean, obviously you mentioned Rayvon going out to Arizona. Uh, he now plays for the AZ Prep Compass. I mean, that's the second ranked team in the country, I believe, as of like last week when I was watching them on ESPN. I mean, it's a very talented team. It's a very loaded team. They're predominant, they're a powerhouse year in and year out. So I think that was a really good move for Rayvon. But I do think they'll play some big minutes. Obviously, Rayvon's a six foot eight guy, incredible wingspan, very long, very athletic, can beat you at all three games, can be that lockdown defender. But Jizzle James is somebody who he has the size. He's a really great defender, can score on all three levels. He's just one of those guys who's incredible in all aspects of the game. So I think those two will have big minutes coming in next year for the Bearcats. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, for both of you guys, I'm going to lay this question out for you guys. Um, do you think for <clears throat> excuse me for next season in, in moving forward to the Big 12, do you think this program is headed in the right direction recruiting and player-wise because – as we know, 
the Big 12 is no joke. So, Neil, your thoughts? Yeah, I think this program is moving in the right direction. I think Coach Miller and staff are doing a fantastic job at getting the right guys in here. I mean, they've already made the big splashes with Rayvon, Jizzle, and I think I think they're not done yet. I think the recruiting is just getting started with those two guys. I mean, we see what they've been able to do in the recruiting game. But overall, I think I think this program is going in the right direction. I mean, obviously, you guys, you have a guy like Landers Nolly who has a fifth year that he's able to take advantage of, so he's also willing to come back. And I think if you can bring a guy like Landers back, I mean, you pair him with a guy like Jizzle James, Rayvon Griffith, Dan Skillings, Josh Reed, uh, and then you uh, throw Vic and Odie into that mix. I mean, Jared Hensley's progressing very well. I mean, I think this team is moving in the right direction heading to the Big 12 for sure. JT? Yeah, I think they're definitely moving in the right direction for sure. Uh, Keith going to the Big 12 for sure. Like I, I didn't even mention Nolly, but like, if they can keep him um, for his, his, his super senior year, that would be great. Because um, losing somebody like Juice would be tough going in. But um, it, I think the key will be Nolly staying. If Nolly stays for that extra year, um, then that would be huge for this program. And that will help ease the pain going to the Big 12. It's no joke. But like like Neil said, they're not done recruiting. It's just a matter of who they get and how, how they get the players they need. Like, is it going to be a freshman? Is it going to be a top JUCO guy that's ready to go? Or is it going to be – hitting the portal heavy, you know, for the, the slots they need. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm interested to see how they do it. I feel like going to the Big 12, they're going to be able to get uh, better um, recruits. No sight to anybody that's on the roster or anything, but I just think going to the Big 12, people knowing they're going to be able to play in the Big 12, there's no better place to, just, you know, showcase your skill if you're, you're a baller. So it's it, it's it got to be like if Cincinnati's calling right now, people are listening. It's just a matter of what the fit is. And I'm pretty sure at certain positions, people – are going to possibly play 20 to 25 minutes or had the opportunity. And I don't think people, I think people would jump to play the style that Wes is playing. So, I mean, he lets the people kind of shoot what they want, but as long as they play defense, you know what I mean? So it's like, I can play, he, want, he wants tough, rugged defense. And then I can shoot, like he's not really yelling at people for make, taking shots, just take better shots. You know what I mean? At certain times, but he's letting them play like a more of a free flow offense where, people that means you can get your numbers if you're balling you know what I mean so essentially I also got people who want to come so it, it and you're gonna be playing against Kansas Kansas State Oklahoma for a year or two Texas um Baylor all, you know you can say like you you're not even promising anything you're just like look you're if you're healthy and you can you do what you're supposed to do you're gonna be playing against these teams and it's not even somebody saying we have to schedule it it's already on the on the board so you know yeah, I'll tell you guys this quick story. So I was talking to a major Division One college basketball coach. I will not mention his name, but um, I was talking to him at an AU event. And I was asking him, I said, in this current landscape of college basketball, what are the biggest challenges you face? Because obviously there's a lot of things with the portal and NIL and all this stuff going on. So what are the biggest challenges that you face as a major Division One college coach? And he broke down recruiting for me. Now, now keep in mind, this was a couple years ago, so NIL might be the answer now. But at the time, recruiting was. And what he told me was, in a pecking order, the first people that he has to concentrate on when it comes to recruiting is his current roster. So he has to re-recruit the players that are currently there. 
So even during the season, he's re-recruiting his current players to come back and not jump in the portal. So let's let's think about that. Even yeah. back to, you know, I played in the late 90s and 2000s. That really wasn't a prominent thing where you're recruiting your current guys. It was this expectation that those guys were coming back, right? It was kind yeah. of more of a rare thing. So he talked about recruiting his own players to come back. That's numero uno. Now, the second part is the portal. Always keeping an eye on the portal. He said something I thought was really interesting. He said there's a pre-portal. Think about this. <laughs> there's a pre-portal, and that's kind of like guessing who might jump in the portal. Yeah. Intel, right? Into yeah. that. So you've got the portal and you've got the pre-portal. Then thirdly for him <clears throat> was the overseas market, looking at the players overseas, which is starting to become a bigger thing where people are looking at international players. And I think with the success of these international players in the NBA right now, you're going to start seeing a lot more colleges look for international players. I mean, we're seeing that with Vic right now. Vic's yep. phenomenal, right? Yep. So, so he has to look at that. And then fourth and finally are high school kids. I mean, think about that. So now this is just his opinion, right? This is one guy's opinion. He's at a major division one, but I mean, how far we've come from the time where high school kids were the most important, you know, part to your recruiting. Now they're falling forth on this pecking order. Now, of course, Jizzle and Rayvon are very, very important to our future uh, for the Bearcats, but it's just the landscape of recruiting has changed so much. But I, I do want to say this and I'll leave out on this is Wes and his staff um, are really have a great pulse on all this stuff. I know that for a fact because me being in the AU world and kind of hearing the rumblings of who's recruiting who and, and the respect level that Wes and his staff has is, is unbelievable in the AU world. So Bearcat fans do not need to worry about that. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxi Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and the Beach Montoya, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all the Bearcat fans out there to visit Mio's Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Mio's for the support. It's the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now, I will be back at Mio's January 11th from 7 to 8 p.m. with Bearcat legend Lenny Stokes live at Mio's before the ECU game. Hopefully fans can show up to that. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxly. Taxly is the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. We will be back with another new episode January 1st, New Year's Day, 10 a.m., previewing the Temple game. We want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxi. Go Bearcats!